0: Before we get going with today's show, I'd like to give a shout out to the fab team over at F45, who are the sponsors of this season of Welfare. The next 10 weeks of training chat wouldn't have been possible without them. Plus, a big learning from my own marathon journey is that there's more to go in than just running alone, which is why I teamed up with F45. Their functional training classes are designed to help build strength in body and mind. Honestly, I challenge any of you to take an all-star class and exit the building not feeling a little bit more badass. Hi team, welcome back to Well Far, the running podcast with me, Amy Lane. We are on to episode four. Woohoo! Last week, we talked about plant-based power with a need to Bean. Today, we're going to talk about the power of group workouts, namely F45. They first opened in the UK in 2017. Now there are more than 35, with another 50 due to open this year alone. So I wanted to understand what's driving that growth and why does the brand believe these workouts complement a runner's training plan? At the end of the show, I welcome back Chris McGee, head of yoga at Cycle. He's going to give you guys a seriously good cool down. I hope you enjoy it. Before we do all of that, let's do this week's News You Can Use. This year, Strava looked into the running habits of 44 million of its users, 44 million, so many. Um, They discovered that the runners who got faster over the course of a marathon year did fewer training runs at their marathon pace when training. For example, Strava found that marathoners with finish times under four hours only did 25% of their training runs at marathon pace, whereas in the years before that, these runners had done about 43% of their runs at marathon pace. To get faster, the runners spent less time running and more time doing non-running activities like gym work. Now, guys, that's a reason to head back to season one. Listen to that episode on strength training for runners with Luke Worthington, because if you want to speed up, you've got to slow down. And slowing down to go further leads me nicely on to this week's shout out. It goes to Elizabeth or Garden Sanctuary Journaling on Instagram. She ran 40 miles in a day at the Stampede 12 hour enduro. Just mega. Well done, Elizabeth. Right. Time to get on with this week's show. Welcome back to the Welfare studio. Today, I am with Hayden Elliott, who, if you guys go to F45 in Oxford Circus, this is the voice of the guy that puts you through your paces a lot of the time. He is the co-owner there. Um, He's also a runner who has run 250 kilometre race before.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a runner, uh, but I have done an ultramarathon. Uh, I did 260k in five days across the Jordan desert. So yeah, maybe you could say I'm, I'm a runner.
0: I mean, I think yeah, I think yeah. that classes you yeah. as a runner. And so today we are here to talk about how people can use HIT to power up their running, basically. Sure,
1: absolutely. <laughs>
0: Should we kick off? <laughs> absolutely.
1: absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like, we get runners all the time down, down at 45 OC. Depending where they are on their journey, depending on what, they're, you know, what marathon they're running, depending on what 5k, 10k they're running. It fits into it in some way or another. I'm always up for the challenge almost of, of training these people and, and really understanding why they're coming. If, if somebody comes to me and they're like, I'm doing a marathon, is this the right training? I will try and pay them special attention because I think there's, you need to have it in the back of your mind at the end of the day that you're running an endurance event. Okay. So you need to have a little bit more thought behind your training, I think, in that regard.
0: That makes total sense. Before we actually go, like, do a massive deep dive into it. Sure, yeah. Can we, first of all, just clear up what the hell HIIT is and what is functional training? Because I feel at the moment within the industry, these terms get bounded about a lot and it kind of changes from studio to studio. And there's probably quite a lot of confusion out there amongst people who are booking into these classes as to actually, what is a HIIT workout? What is functional training?
1: HIIT training is, you know, high interval bursts of... Of work, whatever movement you're doing, followed by short periods of rest, and it is as simple as that. So, whatever it may be, whatever session you come to at f45, you will be doing that day in day out. You'll be, you know, whether it be cardiovascular training or even resistance training. I mean, I wouldn't say you're working your cardiovascular ability as much compared to the cardio sessions, but there's still periods of work followed by short in, uh, periods of rest. And so that is that is the the crux of what hit you know high in intensity interval training is functional training uh this is more than anything most thrown around thing i've ever heard in fitness yeah, like <laughs> it's like people just don't they just say it without even thinking about it functional training really is movements that you will do in a, on a day-to-day basis so you know picking stuff off the floor pushing stuff over your head essentially moving through the different planes of motion so i mean that's really what F45 is. I mean, it's functional 45 minute training. So everything, at the end of the day, you're not always going to be lunging with things up over your head, but you might get into a circumstance where you may have to do that. And it's training your body to work through those planes of motion and having exposure to those movements regularly will allow you to do so without hurting yourself or injuring yourself. I mean, we kind of forget what the end goal of people coming to the gym is. It depends obviously on who you are, but some people come to get six pack. Some people come just simply because they want to be able to run up the stairs without being out of breath. You know, it really does depend where you are on that fitness journey. But functional fitness training is completely relevant to anyone. So that's why I'm a big believer that there is this benefit for you, for for runners, to come and do this kind of training. I mean, I wouldn't suggest doing seven days a week of HIIT training mm. if you're about to run a marathon. Like I said, like when these people come in, I'm. I've explained to them, like, guys, you've got to bear in mind what you're actually doing here, right? You're here to run a marathon. You're running 26.2 miles or you're doing 10K or whatever it may be. You really need to think about what the end goal is for you here, okay? So if you think you're going to come in here and do seven days a week plus all you're running, it's just not going to happen. You're going to injure yourself. You want it to complement Whatever it is you're doing in terms of your goal, in terms of running.
0: So, if somebody's training for a five k. How would you fit a hit class like F forty five into the training week?
1: Every person is unique, right? Mm. So it depends what what level you're on. I mean, it's always fitness for me is always about context. So, look, if you're a good level, I would say you could probably push, you know, three of those cardio's a week, depending on like where you are in your fitness journey, just to get that fitness level up, that that base level of fitness. If you're gunning. an F45 session three times a week obviously looking after your knees and looking after the bits that you need Mm. that your base level of fitness is going to be really really high and surely that's only going to complement anything you do over that 5k you're going to have to dig deep you have to dig deep in an F45 session you're going to dig. I mean 45 minutes you could do a 5k what's a normal what's a good 5k time
0: Oh, wow, well, um, I mean it it's anywhere it, it's massive range, isn't it? but mm. um, anywhere like sub twenty five minutes, I would say somebody who's who's quite pushing it. I mean, you get female runners uh, running like about a nineteen minutes. I think the fastest ever female park run runner is a girl called Charlotte arter, and she ran about a sixteen minutes, I believe
1: that's ridiculous I. Know. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So look, I mean, like if you can if you can maintain a high intensity of forty for forty for well, it's, it's actually not even though it's f forty five, it's not forty five minutes of pure training. It's more like thirty seven because you have the demonstrations, you have the introductions. But if you can maintain a high speed for thirty seven, you can keep that intensity up. You're going to be able to keep that high intensity up for you know whatever 16 16 minutes or to whatever it may be so that's where i think it could really come in for, for a 5k but like i said it would be different for somebody who's going to come and do a, like a marathon or something like that
0: okay so like the half marathon and the marathon crew mm. how can these guys use like hit training to power up their results
1: half marathon i think you definitely have a, a need for keeping that engine high because once again it's a shorter distance you probably want to keep you want to be have a good good level of fitness with the marathon, I think the resi- that's where the resistance training really comes into it, actually. Right. Because, I mean, all the runners I speak to, because I do, I, I ask them how they, I always am checking in with these guys. What I've found across the board is the resistance training, where it really comes in for these marathon runners. They find that because they classify themselves as runners, they don't have to build up strength in key areas. They think they should just be running. Okay. It's not correct, right? So, they, what they have found and what I've seen is that they are getting, they're working muscle groups that, probably haven't really been worked to this capacity before. So we're talking glutes, abductors, adductors, um, hamstrings. Okay, mainly, those are the main ones. Okay, obviously building up core strength across the board as well. I spoke to one the other day, a guy called Ian Clark, and he said, I've, I found that I'm not getting tired later in my runs. Like, and I'm not getting sore in those areas when I'm getting tired. So what he used to find, he used to get really tight in the abductor area abductor and glutes, he'd find himself really tight. He said, what this is doing is, it's it's really, because I'm really focusing on those muscle groups when those uh, exercises come up, because, you know, every 45 session is different, but you'll still get, you'll still be hitting all those muscle groups in every resistance session. He said, I've been building up my strength in in those areas and I'm actually activating those muscles in those sessions and I'm finding myself stronger in the latter periods of my run, which is great to hear. He's predominantly a runner, but he comes in and he does Two I think it's two I tend to come to all the resistance and I tell him to do one cardio a week and, and he seems to be flying. He says he's he's knocking off minutes off his run, he's feeling better, his recovery's better because he's obviously stronger in those muscle groups. So yeah, it's it's really positive to hear that kind of stuff. And and I I do honestly believe that this sort of training is very beneficial in that regard.
0: Thinking about those muscle groups, what sort mm. of exercises would he be doing? Um, to work for
1: them squat variations deadlift variations hip thruster variations um, you know, stuff like planks like, and, and core movements like that where you need to have a strong your glutes have to be strong to be able to hold your body weight in the correct form like all these movements they're just strengthening that area which is just integral to, to, to running obviously because it's a lower body it's a lower body movement Yeah. so it just makes sense it makes sense when you break it down and you simplify it in those terms it's all those muscle groups that are getting hit X amount of times across the week you will always have one of those move- two to three or four of those movements in an F45 sessions. so you're you're going to strengthen them
0: makes sense with those with those big colourful kettlebells yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah.
1: which one do you go for
0: Ooh. which one do you want now so it depends what movement it is. Right. Um, it depends what movement it is and it depends on what class. Um, mm-hmm. For those of you guys listening in, so I regularly check in with F45 and Peckham. I try and go every weekend yeah. when possible. Um, I actually really like taking a class because it breaks up my week. Even mm. when I'm running, I quite like going to an F45. And mm. we're going to come on to this actually because I like have, doing something with other people during my sure. week and so it depends what class it is but i generally tend to use a kind of a middle weight kettlebell
1: so we're talking to 12
0: yeah nice. um i like to do one round and if i'm finding that i'm getting through each of the kind of the time sets without having to stop then maybe on the next round i'll go up a kettlebell mm-hmm. but i prefer to do less and do it right and mm-hmm. keep going mm-hmm. then pick up a too heavier kettlebell and um, not be able to finish, so I end up doing 15 seconds of the exercise rather than 45 seconds or something.
1: Completely fair enough.
0: Am I, am I right?
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, at the end of the day, you're activating those muscle groups. I mean, for females, it's it's much harder to build mass, like a lot of lean mass just hormonally. It's just it's a lot harder. Um, but what you want to be doing, like you just said, is just activating those muscle mm. groups and putting putting them under stress to a, to a to a point where you're strengthening them.
0: Is there a time when runners shouldn't be going and doing a HIIT workout, for instance?
1: I mean, DOMS, so delayed onset muscle soreness, is personal to you, right? So everyone's DOMS is slightly different. I get mine on the second day. Some people get theirs on the first day, but it can go up to 72 hours. So I think that's the number one tip with that, if you're going to intertwine this sort of training, which I think you should, is understanding your body. So look, you're going to have to have trial and error here. So if you go for a resistance session... Um, and you find that the next day your, your legs are in bits, then don't. And obviously, you probably don't want to train the day before. But if you find that they're actually fine, um, and go for a run the next day because it may be the, the day after it may hit you. So it's mm. kind of, you need to understand how strength training reacts to your physique. Uh, I, th- I think that's definitely my number one port of call. I don't think there's a perfect solution. Like in fitness, there's not always a perfect solution for everyone. So I would definitely try it. Sush yourself out, and then sort your training around it. That would be my answer for that one. Okay. What about you? What do you feel? You surely, you, you probably know your body now. You probably feel a bit, a bit tight the next day. It could be the day after.
0: So I never do anything after a really long run. So if I'm going long on a Sunday, I actually don't do anything on a Monday now. Yeah. Um, so that when I then go back in and I do something on the Tuesday, mm. I'm fully recovered. Um, what I did start um, kind of playing with before was having really having really big days um so sometimes i might do a gym strength session on the same day which i am doing a track session Mm. and then take longer off after it so rather than training five days a week i might train three or four and have more days for recovery um i've also found and I, i think that you'll probably say this is I'm hoping that you're going to be like, well done you. Yeah. <laughs> but I found that like when I go to a class, I want to be there, fully recovered, ready to go and get my full like 100% out of a 45 minute class. Whereas years ago, I would drag myself to multiple classes throughout the week and mm. would probably perform at like 60, 70%. So,
1: 100%, I mean, like, what's the point, right? Yeah, You want to be there in in a full capacity. I and mean, we were just talking about the wood band just now. I mean... I, my, my one of my trainers has got me on it and he
0: so for everyone listening in who doesn't know what a whoop band is can you just explain yeah
1: so it's basically a new technology that's been brought out where it kind of it, it focuses on your recovery and it tells you where you are in that recovery period uh, recovery in terms of your personal recovery where you are with so like out of 100% where you are on that spectrum so like you just said if you're like feeling like 40% you're not feeling fantastic it's not going to be good for anything it's not going to be good for your performance it's not going to be it's not going to improve your recovery so, yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying. You want to be feeling 100% in those sessions to get to get the most out of it, for sure. And also, I was talking previously about kind of training before you would go for a run. Obviously, after a run, you're going to be a long run. You're going to, your body's going, not going to be recovered. Mm. So, like you just said, absolutely no point going into a resistance session if you're feeling, what, 20% of, of your overall um, 100% capability.
0: So hold off. So learn how to learn your body. Learn yeah. more about your body, basically how it feels and when you're going to get DOMS. Then plan your hitting so it doesn't affect your runs. Yeah, and don't and don't do it. Don't do your functional hit straight after a run the next day. <laughs> I
1: 100. I, I, I think anything in fitness. My number one tip for anyone who's even just thinking about getting into fitness, whatever it may be, is just start to think about what's working for you because it's mm. not it's not just transparent across. The, it's not like everybody's situation is different whether it be nutrition, sleep, fitness I mean you've got to start thinking about those things what works best for you because there's no perfect solution
0: Hey guys I just need to pause my chat with Hayden for a short minute as you know F45 have powered up this season of welfare and as they open up more locations around the UK they can power up your training too so I just need to do a quick shout out to F45 for helping us all out right Let's get back to that chat. And how about runners who are thinking about taking up hit? Is there anything which they should not do?
1: Two sessions a day. Two sessions a day, (laughs) yeah. 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 Theoretically, if you're putting your body under a lot of stress, and then you're going to go and add more stress to it, you're you're not looking after yourself. Like You're just not. So...
0: That is a conversation which is being had at the moment is actually, whilst HIT whilst is great and it's fantastic for getting fitness results, yeah. actually you have to think about the stress which is putting on your body and balance that with the, sh- the sh- other stresses in your life.
1: Well, that's right. That's Absolutely. I mean, like, look, we've all got lives to live. So <laughs> like, you know, 45 minutes at 6.05 in the morning, okay? If you're coming in again in the evening... Why do you not use that forty five minutes to get forty five minutes sleep quality mm. quality recovery? You know we've got we've got twenty four hours in a day. Okay, so I think that you want to especially if you're running a marathon, you've got to be calculated with your time. You know you need to recovery is number one. Like like if you're going to be challenging yourself at that level, recovery is number one because it ensures like we just spoke about that you're going to be given a hundred percent when you're actually. Got the task at hand, whether it be doing a good strength session, getting the most out of it, or going for a five k and absolutely demolishing it. So, look, I mean, I would suggest not to get carried away.
0: And um, training for an ultra, yeah, that must have been quite lonely.
1: <laughs> wasn't for me actually. I, I ran it with two of my best mates. Okay. So yeah, we, we were running for Young Minds, so we raised seventeen thousand pounds.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, which was great. It was great. It was the whole thing was the the best experience of my life. It it was honestly up there with opening the gym, everything about it from the scenery to the people I ran it with to the challenge itself. Like you learn so much about yourself. I learned more about myself in that five days than I did for the previous 24 years. I was 25 when I did it. (laughs)
0: and yeah. um did that inform because you you say that you, you're not a runner but you've done this <laughs> me- and have done this mega run <laughs> you obviously very much of a gym person before yeah i mean i did you have to learn how to put piece the two together during that training was it like
1: yeah it's, it's weird my, my natural instinct is to go to the gym and do a crossfit session or, or do something short sharp and explosive or do a really quality weight session you know my, my natural instinct isn't to go for a for a for a 15k run but at the same time i love fitness so you know it it, it was okay you know i love i love that endorphins i love i think i think you can learn more from fitness than many many other areas of your life so you know it wasn't that hard to make that transition yeah it was it was okay
0: did you do all your training runs together
1: we tried to i I spent a lot of time on myself with the training before i just started tapering off i got up to doing two marathons back to back so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, but, but yeah, nothing could have got me ready for, for, for what we had to do. It was mental. It really was.
0: So what you've just said there is obviously that some days a week you ran two marathons back to back by yourself whilst training. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I find that mind blowing. How do you think that actually having your two classes a week of when you went and did your training um, in a group environment really helped that process? Uh, did you enjoy being back in the community again? Because I know it's obviously it's super strong at F45. That's one of the big mm. things is actually is the world's, I think it's the world's biggest fitness yeah, community. It's, or it's, it's certainly getting that? Yeah,
1: it's the world's fastest fitness growing. F- oh, hold on. What, well, I shouldn't know this, man. <laughs> world's <laughs> fastest growing fitness franchise. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it's going mad. It's like we've just been to the F45 conference in, in Vegas and there's like 2,000 across the world. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's incredible. Um, I mean, look, I fell in love with F45 the second I walked in the door because it, of that, like you just said, that community. It was mind-blowing. At the time, I'd actually fallen out of love with fitness when I first came into it. Uh, you know, it was a burden. I, I, didn't, I didn't really know why I was doing it to such a capacity anymore. I didn't have that drive. And the second I walked in, I was like, what is this? This is unbelievable. This is like training with people. You're smiling, you're fine. you're training, you're getting a sweat on. You know, 35 minutes, you're in and out the door. And I was like, wow like this is amazing and like you just said it's definitely it's the biggest retention factor the biggest retention factor well, apart from seeing great results and feeling fit and healthy having that added community look we're social mammals right we like in human interaction and we feed off it feed off people's energy so i mean in regard to going into having knowing i had those two fit sessions a week instead of going in and doing you know, four sets of eight on a on a Romanian deadlift and building up my glutes by myself. You know, it's dreary, right? <laughs> going in to a to a gym in, to going into a class environment and training alongside my mates and people I've known. It's a different. It's a different kettle of fish. It is, it's is is everything personally I, I love, and then, yeah, it's definitely worth me. Definitely worth me.
0: But there are many places where mm. the the atmosphere isn't very like happy, snappy, mm. high five. So, like, what happens within that studio to make the community? Because obviously, it doesn't just happen, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it starts with the small thing. Look, you know, what, what we invested in heavily in in our gym, it's the team. It's all about people. I mean, um, it's inclusive experience. Okay, it's not us and them. Yeah, we're the trainers. Yeah, we're going to be you. We're going to do it in a, in, a, in a fun way to get the most out of you, right? So that's that's the differentiating differentiating.
0: Differentiating. Differentiating. We'll
1: <laughs> you get, get there. Um, I mean look, you walk into some some group class environments, you won't have that buzz. It will just be the circuit. But when you can have that element of ex- like the experience is important for the members, and you have the the quality of the programming, it's just dynamite. It's just absolute dynamite. So like you go down to one of our six fifty five sessions in the morning and it's like a it's like a nightclub. It's, it's amazing. Like you walk in, and it's just like, what is happening here? Like the energy is just absolutely unbelievable. And that's why, you know, these people are getting great results. That's why they keep coming back. You know, they look forward to it. It's no longer a people sitting at the desk at half five in, in the evening. Like, oh, do I, do I go, do I go to the gym? Do I, you know when you're battling with yourself? You've been there? Where you're like, do I, yeah, well I could, well, or I could just, no, and then you're back and forth and it's depleting. It's like, it's like decision fatigue, right? So you just want to remove that for people so the second they they're at their desk at half five, and they're like, "Oh, yuck, I'm buzzing! Like you're on the edge of your seat! Like literally, get your bag and run dancing I have people that like buzzing to get there. <laughs> I'm serious; it's great. And the second you can do that for somebody, it's like game over. Like you change their fitness journey, you change their fitness experience, and 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 they 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 fallen in love with it.
0: So I'm going to play devil's advocate here a little bit because I think Go that on. I do think that, and I think it's great for like um, really confident people. But um, we're obviously talking about how to get the most out of a HIT workout and mm-hmm. how to use it to power up your running. So, if you're not a confident person, mm-hmm. what advice would you give them to go into that session? Because obviously, we've spoken about the benefits that these classes can have mm-hmm. on your running. Mm-hmm. But if you're used to being a solitary runner mm-hmm. and you're just and you're quiet, mm-hmm. how yeah. do you, how do you go into that environment?
1: So, firstly, I would say down to the operators and making sure that your, your your whole team are aware of how to approach different types of people and trying to understand, and maybe you don't go and, like, shout in the face. Maybe you just kind of understand, like, oh, great, and then you really, like, try and understand what they need out of the session. Um, but secondly, what I say to people, who are, you know, we get people who come down all the time that are really, like, anxious, to the point of being actually anxious. Yeah. Um, or very apprehensive. I'm like, you've got to make them feel comfortable. Look, you're all in this together, okay? No one else is going to scream and shout at you here. We want you to get the most out of the session, so just go two feet in, leave your pride at the door, and just try and get the most out of it. I'm here for you the whole time. Like, sh- sh- uh, pull me over if you have any problems whatsoever, and we'll go from there. Look, we'll, we'll get through. This, we'll get through this together. And it's about making people feel comfortable. But I think that's the challenge with people going into any gym. I mean, it's being in that environment is is quite intimidating.
0: Yeah.
1: And like, if you stand at the edge of one of our sessions and like just come into it, you're like, oh my god, can I can I do this? But it's kind of it's our responsibility to make them feel comfortable, and then it's to like just get stuck in. Let's yeah. go for it, okay? Because I promise you, in forty-five minutes, you're gonna feel a very different. I mean, I,
0: <laughs> which is so true. I found that. Um, so you obviously you get paired with people a lot of the yeah. time that you go around, and you know I'm I'm a quite a confident person. Mm. Um, however, like put me in a room, put me in a small room with like, oh, it's not a small room, but put me in a room with a load of strangers. Sometimes the most terrifying thing can be just saying hello to it, like somebody you don't know. Yeah. But so I actually now, whenever I go into a class and whoever I get paired with, I'm just like, hey, I'm Amy. And how do you feel after that? Well, oh my God, I feel like a different person. But all you've done is say hello. And I think, I think, yeah, I think it's getting over that in the beginning.
1: Absolutely. But it gets easier, right?
0: Oh my God, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's funny how these small things can become big mental blocks mm. um, obviously there's a big rise in virtual communities mm. at the moment virtual fitness communities do you think that like in 20 years time they're going to be bigger than in real life communities or do you think everything's going to coexist
1: <laughs> look, I'm a big I'm a big fan of anything that's going to get people moving more I'm a big fan of it you know in terms of look it's growing it's growing massively I mean one of our trainers actually works for one and um, I, I still bring it back to that. We're social mammals. We're social mammals. People want to be around other people. They do. I mean, whether it's better or worse, I don't know. I just think the fitness community is growing, right? And virtual, what, what do you call
0: it? Virtual, virtual community. Virtual community. fine. Yeah.
1: They've got a place. They've got a place. They really, really do. And whether it'll be bigger than this, I don't know. I I think I, I really, do, I really it's a tough question to, to answer, because I think it's definitely got scope. But my bottom, my, my feeling is that we are we are social mammals, and that is something that you can you can't really ever change, really, unless it's a massive macro shift in our society. I think that it'll always be there, and, and I think it'll it'll always be as addictive, whether it be now or in, in fifty years. I mean, it's just something that keeps people coming back. I, I, yeah, so Who,
0: find your tribe.
1: Yeah, find your tribe, right? And. And also, look, at the end of the day, if, if you are, want to be part of a virtual community, go for it. Like You've got to do whatever works for you. As, as long as you're happy with your fitness journey, find what works for you.
0: I think that is a great point to end on. Mm. So I'm going to try and recap everything that we've spoken about.
1: Wow, good luck. I know, right. How long has it been? <laughs> I've never been on this side of the mic. <laughs> um,
0: well, there, there you go. It's different experience, yeah. isn't it? Okay, I'm going to recap... Everything we've spoken about to do with how to use HIT to power up your running. So number one, there is a place for HIT in most running weeks. You just gotta find out where it is. Yep. Number two, you've got to find out how HIT makes your body feel and then recognise that, not just like power on all the way through, because otherwise you could end up with DOMS on the wrong day. Mm-hmm. Um number three, don't be scared of communities. Go in, say hi, high five.
1: Yeah, always. <laughs> or fist pump
0: or fist pump okay cool <laughs> number four um, if you are doing hit or any exercise you said make sure you're recovering properly because otherwise you're not going to reap the rewards 100% and so number five it like a hit functional class is actually really useful for people who aren't that confident in the gym because actually you're going to tax the muscles which you need when you're running and to help stop that whole kind of fatigue thing boom have I smashed it smashed it excellent thank you so much
1: no worries <laughs>
2: Hello, everyone. Congratulations for finishing your run and getting through the podcast. I'm Chris McGee. We've met once before, but you're back with me again for your well-chilled stretch session. We're going to be doing a slightly different variation of the flow than the previous time. So find yourself a bit of space. Once again, it's going to be versatile for inside or outside practice. You want somewhere that you're going to be able to put your knee or your leg comfortably on the floor and not feel like you're grinding into any concrete If you're inside, of course, I recommend you practice them without your shoes and your socks. You don't need any props for this session. It would be handy if you had a couple of yoga blocks, but you can, of course, use a book or a pillow or something if that's available to you instead. We're going to get started standing. This time with your feet somewhere comfortable around shoulder distance apart. A couple of rolls of your shoulders, a few rolls of your necks to just settle into the posture. I'm just going to find your eyes closing, taking three deep breaths. Full inhale all the way down into your belly. Lifting up into your ribcage and all the way up into your chest. Open your mouth and have a big sigh to let it go. Again, inhale deeply through your belly, your ribcage, your chest. And sigh to release through your mouth. One more just like that. Inhaling your belly, your ribs, your chest. And open the mouth to sigh and release. Find a nice gentle rhythm in and out through your nose. An even balance with your inhale and your exhale. No need to force the breath to happen. We're keeping it nice and relaxed throughout the flow today. Take a big inhale where you are. Exhale, slowly tuck your chin towards your chest and start to roll down your spine. As much bend of your knees as you need in order to create that space through the back of your body. Hanging out over your legs. Having a little sway from side to side. You can grab opposite elbows if that feels nice. same deal as we had before. As you move into any of the postures, you can always take your time to have a little play and a little bit of an exploration in order to find what feels right for your body before you settle into a moment of stillness to really let the pose take the full effect onto the muscles. Nice and slow bend of the knees. Start to roll back up your spine. Coming tall to stand. Your head will lift last. And one more time, exhale is tucking the chin to the chest, rolling all the way down towards your legs. This time, start to bend the knees, sending your hips towards your heels, finding your prayer squat position, Malasana. It doesn't matter if the heels are lifted off the floor today. You can always take a little variation, widening the base of your feet in order to get the heels down. Otherwise, you can take your yoga blocks or your props and place them underneath your heels so you can shift some weight back, starting to open up a little bit more through your Achilles and your ankles. Find some length through the spine as we inhale. Crown of the head reaching tall, chest is broad. And exhale, slowly start to round, bringing your elbows towards your big toes. Inhale, lift and lengthen. Exhale, folding a little deeper, elbows towards the floor. Inhale, finding space. And exhale, allowing yourself to round and release forward, opening up through the lower back. Take both your hands to the floor. Pick your left foot up and step it back into a nice long lunge position. Your right foot is on the outside of your right hand. We're just opening up into our hips a little more. If it feels nice, you can rock gently backward and forward through the ball of the left toe. Maybe even draw some little circles clockwise, counterclockwise with your hips. Just making a little bit of space, anything that feels comfortable. As you inhale, start to straighten out through your right leg. And exhale, bends back into your lunge. Doesn't matter if the leg gets all the way straight or not. Inhale, lengthens out through the right leg. And exhale to bend into the lunge. Try and keep your back leg as long as you can. Inhale, lengthen up to the top. And hold as we get there. If you need a little less sensation, you just walk your hands back towards your hips. If you need a little more sensation, you can always walk your fingertips further forward. Depending on how your calves feel today, you might want to flex into your right ankle, bringing your toes up towards the sky. That's going to increase the sensation through your lower leg. Take a nice full inhale. Exhale, bend into your right knee, come back into that lunge position. Your left knee is going to go to the ground. Untuck your left toes. As you inhale, lengthen your chest forward as best you can. Making space in the front of the left hip. If this is enough of a sensation for you today, stay here with the weight on your hands. If you want to go a little bit deeper, begin to walk your elbows down towards the floor. If taking the elbows all the way to the floor feels like it's too much for you, use your props in order to build yourself a little platform let your elbows rest on that instead. Think about the angle that you're making with your front leg. Drawing the right knee in towards the right tricep, the right shoulder. That little bit of a squeeze creating some more sensation through the right hip. Every time we inhale, your spine gets nice and long. Every time you exhale, you're relaxing your hips a little deeper to the floor. Nice full inhale. Nice full exhale. Inhale, nice and slow, brings you back up to straight arms if you walk down onto your elbows. Tuck your back toes, lift your left knee up off the ground, and walk slowly round to your left, coming into your wide leg forward fold position. Hips are high, feet are in a big triangle. You want your feet to be parallel, maybe a little bit turned in if you have any. Tightness or tension through your lower back today. Take a nice big inhale. As you exhale, start to bend into your left knee. Sending your bum towards your left heel. Shift the weight into your right heel. Bring your right toes up towards the sky. We're in skandhasana, this ninja lunge position. It doesn't matter if your left heel is on the ground or not. I'd like you to bring the focus to the inside of your right leg. Creating space through the adductor, the groin muscles. Notice how much pressure you're putting into the right heel. If you need your hands to be on the ground for balance, that's absolutely fine. If your balance feels good today, you can always lift your hands away from the floor, finding a little bit of length through your spine. Take a nice big inhale. As you exhale, begin to travel back towards your right leg. One hand on each side of your right foot in your lunge position. Knee stacked above your ankle, thigh parallel to the floor. Dropping your left knee to the ground, untuck your left toes. Left hand presses into the floor. Inhale, reach your right arm up to the sky. Twist open through your body. Again, if you're happy to stay here, you can stay here. If you want to go a little bit deeper into your quad, start to bring your left heel up towards your bum. Reach your right hand back to catch your left foot. Make space through the hip as much as you need. You can pull the foot in a little deeper. You can kick the foot away to open the shoulder. Notice how much you're forcing for any of these stretches. We don't want to put in too much pressure. Find a nice balance between effort and ease. So sensation-wise, we're always somewhere at around a 7 out of 10. That way we can stay connected to our breath. Take a nice big inhale. Exhale to slowly release, coming back down, hand and foot to the floor. Tuck the toes underneath, pick the left knee up, step back to your downward facing dog. A little wiggle around, shifting the hips from side to side, relaxing the neck, nodding the head yes and no, settling into a moment of stillness. Your left leg steps forward outside of your left hand, coming back to that outside lunge position. Again, push through the ball of the right foot, rocking gently backwards and forwards. Maybe little circles, clockwise, counterclockwise, to just loosen up and open through the hips a little more. Settling in, finding a moment of stillness. Inhale, starts to straighten your left leg as best as you can. Exhale, bends the left knee back into your lunge. Keeping the right leg as long as possible, inhale, lengthens your left leg. Exhale, bends into your lunge. One more. Inhale, lengthens your left leg. Try to hold those hips nice and high. Less pressure, just bring the hands back towards your hips a little bit. More pressure, maybe walk your hands a little further forward. Again, if we want the focus to be slightly more into the calf, the lower leg, flex your left ankle, bring the toes up towards the sky. Take a nice full Inhale. Exhale, bending back into our lunge. Your right knee comes to the ground. Untuck your right toes. Inhale, draw your chest forward, make space. Option to stay on the hands, option to work ourselves a little deeper, taking the elbows down to the floor or to our props if we built ourselves a little platform. Again, a little reminder that we're always going to be slightly different between the left and the right side of our body. We all have these little imbalances. Certain dominances, habits that exist. Part of the purpose of this practice is to bring yourself back towards a more balanced space. Try not to judge yourself too harshly if you've got differences going on, but acknowledge that they're there and know that it's something that we're going to work on over time. Take a nice big inhale. A nice full exhale. If you walked down to the elbows, nice and slow, inhale brings you back up to straight arms. Tuck your right toes, lift your right knee off the floor, and begin to ro- walk around to your right-hand side. Legs are in a nice big triangle, feet parallel. Again, if you want to ease your lower back a little more, bring your toes in, take your heels out ever so slightly. A nice big inhale. Exhale, bend into your right knee, bringing your hips towards your right heel. Shift the weight into your left heel, turn your left toes up towards the sky. Once again, we sit through Skandasana, pressing nice and strong into the left heel, bringing the focus, the attention to the inner line of the left leg. So you might not get your hips very close to your heel, that's okay. You might have a lot of weight still in your hands, that's okay as well. Just double check that the right knee isn't collapsing in over the right toes. We want to keep drawing that knee outside. Nice big inhale. Nice big exhale, full inhale where you are, exhale walk back up to your left leg, one hand on each side of the foot, that lunge position, knee stacked above ankle, thigh parallel to the floor, dropping your back knee to the ground, untuck your right toes, right hand pushing the ground, and inhale take your left arm up to the sky. Broadening across your chest. Again, if you're already getting a nice sensation, you just stay with that. Breathe deeply. If you're going a little bit deeper, squeeze, bring the right heel up towards the bum. Left hand reaches back to the right foot. Option to pull the foot in nice and close using the strength of your arm. Option to kick the foot away, opening a little bit more through the front of your left shoulder. Deep full heels. Deep, full exhales. Inhale where you are. Exhale to release your foot, your twist. Tuck your back toes, lift your right knee off the ground. Stepping your way back into your downward facing dog. As slow as you possibly can, bend your knees if you need. Walk your hands back towards your feet. Gently reaching for opposite elbows. Again, a little sway from side to side if that feels nice. Relaxing your arms, softening into your knees, tuck your chin to your chest, bone by bone allow yourself to roll slowly back up tall to stand. Take a big inhale and a big exhale. Thank you all so much for joining me for your stretch session today. If you want to find me and you're in London, you can come and do class with me. I am the head of yoga at Cycle. You can find me there, the website is CycleLondon.com. If you're interested in following me on social media, getting some more yoga tips, or if you have any questions, you can always reach out to me. Instagram handle is Mageezy, M-A-G-E-E-S-Y. And if anyone is interested in becoming a yoga teacher, you can find all the information on my upcoming trainings on my website, EmpoweredYogaSchool.com. Thanks.
0: I'm back, guys. I hope you really enjoyed our new cool down session. If you did, please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. I know it's a bit annoying because all us podcasters ask for it all the time, but it really does help other runners in need of some help find the show and let them into our community. So please, you know, go on, leave me a comment and also hop over to IG and share your posts using hashtag welfare. I love seeing them. Before I go, I just want to say a final shout out to F45 for supporting my mission of helping you guys get well fit so you can run well far. I genuinely couldn't have done this season without them. Head to f45training.com forward slash to join a global fitness community like no other.